0: Nothing's working. The things that worked a few months ago didn't work. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing money. Nothing's working. And you said, Well, why don't you just shut everything down for a little while? <laughs> and I was like, Are you nuts? Cause my whole thing is like, oh, you know, if it's not working, work harder, work faster, work more. And you were basically saying, you know, just go offline, shut down, do go do what I guess now is called the digital detox. And if it was anybody but you saying it, I would have said, you're nuts. But I actually did that, and um, it was life-changing.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. My guest today is someone that if you have read Make Space for Magic, you probably already know and might be very curious about because he played a featured role in the book and his story has been one that I have held close to my heart, not just because he is a good friend of mine, but just because his journey of opening to all of this woo crazy shit, probably as he would describe it, (laughs) has been completely awesome. So I will give you his professional background first. Lou Bortone has been a pioneer and thought leader in the video space since the launch of YouTube in 2005. And I can attest to that. Before Lou and I became friends, I think we met at a live event years ago when I first broke into like the digital space and was asking people like for resources and people to watch that could teach and that I could learn from, Lou was at the top of everyone's list. To this day, the video kit that I use, or the um, lighting kit I use, came from his like cheat sheet up until a year ago. I was using the mic he recommended to me. I mean, everything that got me started on video came from Lou. He is a master of not just teaching it and exemplifying it, but really translating it for the every person. And I think that that's his, really his gift. Before he was in this space, he um, spent 20 years as a marketing executive in the television and entertainment industries including Stintsat as national promotion manager for E Entertainment Television and senior vice president of marketing for Fox Family Worldwide in Los Angeles. Lou is a popular speaker, author and ghostwriter of six business books. Lou, I didn't know that you were a ghostwriter. Okay, we're going to have to get into that. So, I'm going to leave the rest of his official bio to the sign and just say that Lou exemplifies to me what it looks like to have a true growth mindset, to keep going through life and really have structures and ideas that work for you and then yet be willing to learn something new. So Lou, with that, my dear friend, welcome.
0: Thanks, Patty. Great to see you. And thank you for the lovely introduction. I mentioned before we came on the Bezos Law, which is like Murphy's Law, but it's like basically as soon as we got to record anything, the dog's going to lose their shit. And right on cue, they did, but hopefully you can't hear them too much back going wild. Yeah,
1: and Bezos because Amazon will deliver and that is why the dogs will. I just wanted to loop the whole circle around so people understood the full law. Amazon, I think
0: they wait until like, oh, lose online and doing something live. Let's go deliver something and knock on the door so the dogs will go nuts.
1: I love uh, that. Well, we welcome we welcome your little munchkins to uh, share their wisdom with us as well. So, let me just start with. I think it's always interesting when someone has a level of success. I mean, for for people listening, you had a a pretty interesting level of success in a world that most people find fascinating and kind of don't understand it and really don't know it. And so what is it that made you leave, you know, kind of that big studio entertainment and go out on your own?
0: I don't, I may have had like a mini stroke and I wasn't thinking straight or something. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I'm, you know, in the corner office on the 23rd floor overlooking the Pacific Ocean, you know, going in the corporate jet and all that. Like, oh, I think I'll go back to New Hampshire and work in radio again. You know, it's like... Probably temporary insanity, but honestly, because it was uh, my kids, my twins were two years old and it was time for them mm-hmm. to grow up around family and go back and, and be closer to my mom and dad as they were getting older. So um, I just kind of traded it in um, and decided to you know do something a little different.
1: I love that because I think you know it's it's so interesting that you bring up that and and I want to ask you a question about that specifically but before I do I want to kind of couch it with some conversations I've been having which is from people you know you and I are in the entrepreneur space and if you're listening you don't need to be in this space I just want to kind of give you some context that in the space that Lou and I kind of play in and where you're constantly hearing messages from the digital marketing world there's this this underlying conversation or or hypnosis that, you know, the most important thing is how much money you make and your visibility and your prestige. And you would think that Hollywood or, you know, California entertainment maybe isn't considered Hollywood. I don't know. Maybe I'm even using words that don't relate to you, Lou. But for me, you know, big banks the obsession with how much money I make and my visibility of blah, blah, blah for anyone, I think it's so much worse in what we do than in anything we left behind.
0: What do you think? It is. It's almost like this bro culture of like, oh, okay, the guy's got to be standing next to his Maserati with, with his mansion behind it. 99% of the time, it's all staged in the smoke and mirrors anyway, just like Hollywood. is like... Pfft. You know, so what? It's a it's a set, it's it's window dressing.
1: It is. And then and these are the conversations I've been having with, you know, people that have said to me, Oh, you know, I feel like because I'm going gonna go back and do something that I used to do two or three years ago that makes money to like kind of, you know, cover cash flow needs or whatever, that somehow I'm like failing in some way or should be ashamed and Yet the crazy thing is, because I've been on all sides of the financial spectrum, I've talked about it here, you know, I've been huge in debt, is that, yeah, the debt sucks like big time, but there are some things that really are the foundation of happiness and they are your relationships, they Mm -hmm. are your body's ability to move itself around, like your health. You know, there's just so many things that really on a daily basis do actually affect how happy you are and your kids growing up around family I think is such you know it's not one that I'm saying for you if you're listening and you didn't do this that I'm criticizing you but but I think that's such a important decision you made and yet it's not something that gets highlighted and I want I just want to give you like so much kudos for making a choice that was right for your family but now I would say there was sort of like a tinge of maybe regret in when you start to talk about it. So maybe talk about like, yeah, where do you...
0: It was, I mean, it was a big trade-off and you know me and I do not like cold weather. So living in Southern California was glorious, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not going to you know, sacrifice my kid's future or their their chance to grow up around family just to live in nice weather and make a lot of money. So... So, I mean, there's always, you know, you always sort of second-guess, but looking back, it's like, no, I wouldn't change anything. I left it at just the right time. Mm -hmm. And having the kids grow up in in southern New Hampshire where we live was great, and they got to be around family, and I got to be around for the last, you know, 10 or so years of my parents' life, which is, you know, you certainly can't trade anything on that. So
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, for those of you who, you know, maybe aren't, you don't know Lou because you don't have the same privilege I do. When you're around Lou, Lou is just a very lovable person. So it's just, you're just very grateful to be in his life. So I'm sure your family was also super grateful to get you back, especially your parents.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, that's really the reason I came back was like, I was a little after 10 years in in Hollywood land. um, I was a little homesick and the timing was just right. So, and like you say, it's like, I look back now that my parents are gone. I'm like, I never would have traded those, you know, last few years for anything. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about receiving and maybe the more woo side of the stuff that you and I have worked on in recent years. I mean, for the most part our relationship, I've known you as a video expert and that's where the context of our relationship has been, but you're kind enough to have the courage to join the receiving school when it first opened. And I often talk about you as being the most cynical person really that had come into it. And not because you're on the, as a whole cynical, but this is just not your shtick. Right. So.
0: You know, like I'm, I'm Italian. I grew up in, you know, sort of a tough town and, and had all this mobster sort of semi upbringing and like, you know, the woo-woo thing was about as far away from that as you could get from from you know growing up in Medford Mass, the uh, mob capital of New England. But I will say this after I met you, like I had my kids making vision boards, so I was sort of like a closet woo person. Mm. Like when they were younger, I would have them make vision boards and stuff like that. So but I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't advertise it. Now I'm kind of like, yes, we see you. Take universe, thank you.
1: <laughs> so I want to talk about something that comes up a lot. And I think it's something that a lot of people are resistant to, which is, you know, a big part of receiving is resting for most people because we are such an, a productivity addicted culture that yeah. most people need to, to slow down and stop to make space for the universe to sort of catch up to all of the asking they've done. and. Right. I don't even know if it was in receiving school or was just you and I talking, but I had put that out to you, and could you just share a little bit about yeah, what you're- it was
0: right, right around the time of receiving school? I got in touch with you because you are, as I like to say, my spiritual consigliere, my go-to person on all things woo and spiritual. And I said, you know, Patty, I don't know what's going on, but nothing's working. The things that worked a few months ago didn't work. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing money. Nothing's working. And you said, well, why don't you just shut everything down for a little while? (laughs) I was like, are you nuts? Because my whole thing is like, oh, you know, if it's not working, work harder, work faster, work more. And you were basically saying, you know, just go offline, shut down, go do what I guess now is called the digital detox. And if it was anybody but you saying it, I would have said you're nuts. But I actually did that. And um, it was life changing.
1: (laughs) And what do you think, well, talk about what, what was life-changing for you.
0: What I did after you told me to, to shut everything down was I basically, um, I think you said a month and I may have taken two weeks instead of a month, but I basically kind of went offline and, and um, they have this thing called getaway.house, which is like these little cabins in the woods outside big cities. So I went there and the whole idea there is just to completely unplug, kind of get back to nature. I think the Japanese call it forest bathing and just basically get away from all the day-to-day craziness. And I went up there with, you know, a couple of loose leaf notebooks and a pen and that's pretty much all I had. No iPhone, no internet, no nothing. And it was just, Oh my God, Patty was right. <laughs> she's I, crazy, but she was right.
1: Yeah, she is great. I mean, gosh, that's like, my husband says that on a regular basis she's crazy, but she's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and y'all for you listening, oh my goodness, Lou had posted a picture of this like tiny house that he was going to be staying in. And I was like, dang, I don't know. I, that can go either way. That's what I'm thinking. That could go either way. And it went yep. the right way.
0: Exactly. So, you know, you get off, you get away from the noise, you get away from online, you get away from, you know, oh my God, I have to be popular on Facebook and my thing didn't get 30 likes. And just basically, you know, it's me and the outdoors and no online and no nothing. And it's just a great way to totally basically reset. It's like rebooting your system.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. I always, you are a story I tell many, many times. And um, so then fast forward, I want to say like probably a good solid year, year and a half. We were working together. And again, I don't know if it was just that we were talking privately or I think were you, maybe it doesn't really matter, but your grandfather came through, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So talk about like what that was like for you to like, so it's one thing to trust me by, okay, Patty, I need to rest. It's another thing to start to understand that you're being guided by your grandfather from the other side of the veil. Yeah.
0: And again, like, I th- you alluded to the fact that I, I was the poster child for cynicism and disbelief. And, you know, part of it, again, is, you know, when you grow up in New England, I think you're cynical to begin with. So so when you started talking about, you know, your your grandfather wants you to do this, or I see, I see him, I feel him. I went to Ancestry.com after you did that and started to look into it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, he is like my guide, my spirit. I mean, he arrived in... America on my birthday, March fourteenth, nineteen oh something, and I'm named after him. And like I just, it just didn't occur to me that that was like the oh my god, this is the this is the link back to my roots, back to my soul, back to my homeland, so to speak, in Italy. So it was amazing when when you know when you sort of opened me up to that, a lot of very interesting and cool things started happening.
1: What I love is that, first of all, you don't have to actually talk to an ancestor, like, you know, have a very tangible experience of them like you did to, like you said, you looked at ancestry, like you could have kind of conceptually known he was out there and that he conceptually might be willing to help you. And what I want to say for those of you listening is you all have these ancestors. They are cheering so hard for you. Lou, can you talk a little bit about maybe some things you might have done differently or felt differently because now you knew you had this person from the, you know, from this ancestor that was sort right. of, you know, had an opinion, <laughs> I guess? Yeah.
0: I mean, he was like a scary, scary guy, like a total hard ass. He had 13 kids. And, um, the interesting thing is, it wasn't until you know me and my brother, and you know the grandkids came along, finally softened him up. But once you sort of opened me up to that, I would I would basically say, what would Lucito do? My grandfather's name was Lucito and I'm I'm the American version of of that, named after him and my dad. So. So I look back and say, like, all right, this guy grew up. He got through the depression with thirteen kids, and you know what would? So he's sort of like my my hard ass saint. Like, okay, this guy's you know the sort of tough guy, but underneath he's really a softy. So that just helps me with a different perspective on how to look at things, and also helps me to not panic because when I realized, oh my god, I had a terrible May or whatever, I made half as much as I did last month. I think back to like you know what he got through a lot worse shit than I did with a lot of kids and and um, turned out okay. So I don't know. I'm just constantly amazed the more I learn about him because he passed away when I was maybe 10 years old. So it's almost been able to like oh I, I get to reconnect and 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 learn from his experience and you know just the whole thing is has just opened up a whole new world of stuff, writing and videos and creativity. And I mean, it's just almost like, oh my God, I've got a whole new world here of, of things to explore.
1: And you're so already so amazing at like for your clients, seeing for them what's possible for them with video and like really like way showing in that way already Mm -hmm. that just like amazes me that that could even grow more and because you just are such a powerhouse where that is concerned are there any things you do differently now in your work and the way that you work with clients or um the way you work with your even family or
0: personal friends yeah, i mean I'm, I'm fiercely loyal to them and you know just that's the whole the one trait that really came from that family and that italian background is is loyalty and I ho- I now I do a whole thing, like I've got, you know, a whole different kind of side of my business for writing and speaking that's about loyalty and the godfather and all these lessons from, you know, sort of from Italy and the mafia, but not necessarily all the you know violent stuff. It's really more about honor and loyalty and integrity. So I just try to bring that now more than ever to everything that I do. And it's also given me an opportunity to basically be a little bit more selfish In terms of like this year I went to Italy for three weeks and just said, I'm going, you guys deal with it, you know. So So stuff like that.
1: I love that you just brought that up, because that was the next place I wanted to go, because I have talked here about Ireland calling its children home. Mm -hmm. Because I am, you know, that's where my ancestors are from. And people can be called back to a country not just because you're your blood, your DNA ancestors were from there, but, you know, it could be past life stuff. For you, Mm -hmm. though, I see you are the most alive when you're back in Italy or thinking about Italy. At least that's my observation of you over the years. Do you think Yeah, and
0: I've been a few times, and the first time I went, like, was with my whole family and the kids were little, and I'm like, oh, my God, I just feel so at home and so at ease here. Like, I really, part of me is just there. And then that's why I would start to do retreats and bring other people there. And I don't know, I just felt like there's nothing I, I would never do a retreat like in in New York City or in Boston, because it's just too scary for me. Like, I'm an introvert, I don't want the responsibility. But if I say, okay, we're going to go rent a villa, and I'm going to bring 10 people over there and keep them happy and engaged and, and learning stuff for a week, then that's totally fine, because it's Italy.
1: And um, I'm going to put some words in your mouth. You can push back on what's not true, but don't you think maybe it's because Italy is your is your real home, like it's your blood home, so then you have almost the support of your motherland when yeah. you're...
0: It's when like you're, having a little superpower. Like, you know, if Superman's in wherever he comes from, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot stronger and more confident and sort of, almost invincible there. And I I kind of joke, they're like, I don't know if I was uh, a gladiator or a Roman whatever in a past life, but there's something about walking on that ground that just connects me to everything.
1: Oh, I love that. So, you know, one of the big things I wanted you to help our audience with is, you know, for someone that feels like they're the more cynical Mm -hmm. person when it comes to creating space for magic, whether it's resting or connecting to your, you know, your spirit guides or your, your ancestors, or even trusting that there is a force that is not your human effort Mm -hmm. that's helping you. What advice would you give people that feel like they're still kind of stuck in their doubt? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we always say like in receiving school, trust the process, right? Mm-hmm. You have to give yourself up to that and open your mind to that. And some for somebody that was closed-minded and cynical and, you know, I love sarcasm and biting wit and all that kind of thing. So I had to just bite my tongue and just, you know, open yourself up to the possibilities, you know, just believe it. And I was so ingrained, you know, with, like I said, my, my parents were, you know, came from the depression era and they would just work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard it's like, well, you know, and they were almost a little bit like society is plotting against us, you know, everybody's against us. And I just thought like skipping a generation and going to my grandfather, it's like, well, what if, what if everything is actually conspiring for you instead of against you? You know, like assume that, you know, there's somebody out there looking over you and looking after you and everything's going to be okay.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that, Lou.
0: The opposite, whatever the opposite word is, you know, of conspiracy, it's like okay, well, there's a a conspiracy of of goodness happening for you too.
1: That is awesome. So let's switch gears a little because one of the things I'm curious if this is something you have now a better awareness of since Mm -hmm. this kind of work, or maybe you just have insight. Period is so a lot of the work you do is really helping thought leaders, entrepreneurs become more visible via the medium of video? I mean, that's yeah. the, w- w- mm-hmm. is that a fair assessment? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's The way I see it is sort of like, I know a lot of my clients are the best kept secret in their niche and I don't want them to be, they don't want them to be the best kept secret anymore.
1: Yeah. And do you think that part of that is the way we grow up, all of us it's still connected to this receiving piece of you have to be willing to be seen. Yeah. And see like sort of receive what comes with that, the good and the bad, right? Because receiving school, we talk about the good and the bad. And I'm curious if, as you now like through the lens of that, if when you're working with your clients, if you're starting to notice anything that shifted maybe because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic maybe because of, because I really do think values have changed somewhat.
0: Yeah. And the the other thing with the pandemic is like, you know, in basically the span of, I don't know, 24 hours, we had to all go from in-person to online and video and Zoom and everything else became much, much more important. I mean, Zoom meetings went up by like 8,000% or some crazy thing. And that was not necessarily a bad thing for me because I some of what I teach is for people to have confidence on camera and just to embrace the medium and embracing the medium of like, Oh my God, I've got to talk to a little green light on a camera or a person on a screen that talk about receiving and and opening yourself up to something. You really have to trust the process when it comes to video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And What's your best advice? Cause I think just because of the pandemic, a lot of people who, you know, are outside that entrepreneur space or that thought leader space where they're sort of, yeah. they sort of like kind of, I don't know. I think when you're an entrepreneur, it's very hard to step into that space without at least understanding a little bit you have to be on some kind of stage. Like even mm-hmm. if it's just the stage of your website. But yeah. I think way beyond that, lots of people had to embrace video just for yeah. the reasons you said, mm-hmm. what would you offer as advice to be able to kind of settle into that medium or?
0: It's like a muscle, like, you know, same with receiving school. I have to start to actually work my receiving muscle. or I have to work my openness muscles. Like, okay, well, you you got to work your, put yourself out there muscle, your video muscle whether it's podcasts or videos or stages or whatever it may be. It's like we're not going back to the old way, for better or worse. So we really have to embrace and and take on this new way of engaging and communicating. Cause even if we, you know, even if the pandemic totally goes away, which who knows if it ever will, we're not going back, you know, we're not going back to that way. Like you said, it's it's been a societal shift and in some ways good because like, okay, now we have to learn how to engage over the internet, engage online, engage with the video. Um, and we're not, you know, you don't have to be Kim Kardashian to, to be on screen all the time. Thank God. <laughs>
1: yes. TG <laughs> for that one. So if you had a magic wand, what do you wish for everyone that is faced with having a video presence? Like mm-hmm. with the people that really resist it, what would you wish? For it's them? kind of
0: like a book. It's like, don't, die with that book or that message inside you. You know, you have an obligation almost to get that out into the world. And, you know, if before it's like, okay, well I can go on a stage and a and hundred people in the audience can see it. Now you can go on YouTube and a hundred thousand people can see it and you don't have to leave your office. So it's an enormous opportunity. I mean I we grew up, or I grew up, I'm way older than you, when it was when three television networks controlled everything that you saw and heard and now even you know with the advent of cable and i worked in that whole business it's like you're a tv network you have more reach than you know any big broadcaster or cnn or whatever you can reach hundreds of thousands of people on video and online
1: there's a couple of things i want to comment on one was just sort of like something that float. what you were just saying when I was um, people like will ask like oh why do you leave for me corporate banking and I have a story that really is the core of it but you just reminded me something which is I was an English major. So every once in a while I would keep re-stepping into like, you know, what would an English major do? <laughs> right. You know, and I pull out some work. And so yeah. I was reading Thoreau at the time and, and I read a quote, which I later think I've heard that was not, should not be attributed to Thoreau, but it was um, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Yeah. And go to the ground with the song still in them. And that really hearing that was like kind of what made me leave banking. Um, that just mm-hmm. broke my heart. And what you just said feels like that a little bit is that, yeah, there's this, you're kind of got this medium between you and the rest of the world, but it's just like, if you can kind of shift your relationship to
0: it. Right. So- yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. It's, you know, resistance versus acceptance. Like you do in receiving school. It's like, well, you just, you know, open yourself up to it. And I mean, the one good thing about the pandemic is that, you know, we all had to just basically go online and figure out how to do this, you know, and I know for women, it's harder than men. It's like, oh my God, I'm having a bad hair day. It's like, nobody cares. They just yeah. want, they need your message and they need your expertise and don't deprive them of that.
1: So now I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit and give you like sort of the counter of that, the counter concern I have as a, my kids are younger than yours. Yeah. Which I see with my daughter and her friends, who tend to have an activist nature about themselves. Yeah. The fact that they can flip on their phone—I was going to say flip open their phone—but nobody flips open their phone anymore. <laughs> Patty, the early yes, the early two no, thousands yes, <laughs> have called. They want their phone back, but now that they have that, that they have you know Greta Thunberg's as their sort of aspirational. Mentors, you know, people to look up to as opposed to someone much older than them. I Mm -hmm. see that they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah. Be present in video and be on like sharing their thoughts. And the thing I tell them is there's going to be a time for that. Like, and you got to figure out who you are first before you start trying to influence the world. Right. Do you have any thoughts on what you see out there with like younger people and?
0: Yeah, it's a a double-edged sword for sure because, you know, they do have the reach, which can kind of cut either way. But I know with with my kids, like my daughter, you know, like she'd have to approve a photo before we put it on Instagram or something, you know. And I'm like, you know, and I even fall into that too. It's like, oh, I want my real life to be as good as my Facebook life, you know. So it's something to be cautious of, but I think that they're savvy enough having grown up with a phone in their hand that they're going to be able to navigate it all. And I think the the pluses outweigh the minuses because you do have somebody like, it's like, you know, I don't know. And I don't want to get too much into politics, but it's like, okay, if the country's going to shit, the only thing that's going to save it is is a bunch of 18-year-olds with iPhones.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. So now I ha- I know you have awesome free resources out there. And before we go any further, I do want to say if you're listening and you would like to be like I was, where I found Lou very early and you can you are interested in getting resources in stepping into your video presence. I highly recommend you follow him. And if you go to pattylennon.com forward slash Lou Video. So L-O-U-V-I-D-E-O, we're gonna put the link in the show notes. You will get connected with Lou and an awesome free resource. Lou, can you just describe what they are going to get? Because Yeah,
0: thanks. Most folks are just don't know where to start with video or they're intimidated by it or like, oh my God, I've got to have this or that. And I just have a, a planner that's basically like a one sheet. I'm like, no, you don't have to do a hundred things. You have to do these four things. And they're really simple. And once you understand how to do it, it's going to be like second nature. So it just basically helps you get started with video. And put I love. That. Out
1: there. I love that. I think up until about Two years ago, like while we were in isolation, I was like really doing a lot of cleansing of like paper files because, oh my God, who keeps paper files anymore? Patty does. And I still had that original PDF that I got from you, Lou, that said like your five-step process to setting up your own personal video studio. And like I had held on to that because I I would copy it and give it to people and...
0: All of that. And you know, the technology will change, but the the idea of connecting is really what it is at its core. So don't even worry about the technology, just worry about making connections.
1: Yes. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, when you think about it, Lou, like you put this free offer out into the world that I had gotten. And, um, you know, I didn't know you personally, I didn't meet you for a couple of years, but you always stayed top of mind because you had given me this super... Clear, easy, simple help in a world that felt so overwhelming, and then you know so much has come from our relationship since then, so i I am so grateful for you.
0: oh, thank you, I appreciate it, and yeah, that's the whole thing it's just about, and i I thought the same thing when I started it's like, oh, there are other people doing this. What do I possibly have to offer that hasn't been offered already, and I'm like, well, I can put my spin on it, and I can do the cynical, sarcastic version, whatever. So yeah, no matter what your message is, you've know you got a point of view, so share it.
1: I love that. Well, definitely, if you have a business, if you're looking to influence people on video via the video medium, go to pattyland.com forward slash Lou Video. And any last words of wisdom on anything we talked about today, Lou? Oh my
0: gosh, there's so much to unpack. I think it's really just, like I said, I keep coming back to trust the process, whether it's receiving school or connecting with your spirit guides. And even the fact that I never would have said the word spirit and guide ever in a conversation before I met you. So, you know, you just got to kind of trust, basically.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Lou. I adore you. Everyone listening, go check Lou out. He is someone you should know, period. Just follow him in the world because he has his own voice that is so unique. I won't go into some of the <laughs> the stronger parts of Lou's voice, but he has a strong opinion and you will know what it is <laughs> when you follow him. Where would you like people to
0: follow you, Lou? I'm at Lou Bartone on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all all the socials and loubartone.com.
1: I love it. All right, everyone have a wonderful week. Make space for magic and Lou, I adore you. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day and don't forget, always create space for magic.